What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. I am your host, Steven City P. Watson. As always, back online, my partner in crime. Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges, never needed an a.k.a. And together that will make us... Brothers! I know, I was a little loud on that intro. Bro. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I was what's trying to hype people up, you know what I'm saying? Father, sons, children, Christians, yeah. everybody. Everybody Come gotta hear me. And sing what you know. <laughs> Understand that I'm trying to tell y'all something. This nigga came on like Curtis Blow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Sometimes I feel like Curtis Blow sometimes. I'm like, I, I don't know. My soul feels like an 80s rapper. Like, oh, oh, baby. Oh, oh, oh baby. Oh, oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga. Do what you do. So, we're here. It is starting to warm up. It's spring. I am so happy that winter is over here in Chicago. But we can do without a little bit of this muggy rain. We can do a little bit without this um, miserable... Coldness. Now I'm, I'm okay with the muggy rain. Why? Because I like Seattle. I think Seattle is my spirit city. So if I ever had to leave Chicago again, yeah, I got a spirit city. If I ever left Chicago again, I'm gonna go to Seattle. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you because I feel like my spirit city is Los Angeles. Oh, uh, okay. I don't but, you know that why. shit. Listen, I don't know why, but something about LA I'm drawn to, and I just can't even knock that for that. It's just something about LA. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know it's expensive. But there's something about it. But I'll probably find out very soon, actually. You talk about New York having a lot of rent, Chicago having a lot of rent. L.A., mm-hmm. you get you a one-bedroom, you're going to need three roommates. Because L.A. shit, L- LA shit is too expensive. Right. It's like that commercial, you know, that AT&T commercial when they're all in the same house and they're mad about AT&T, like that roommate situation. That's mm-hmm. what I feel like what happens when I live there. Except I probably would have to fuck somebody up. Yeah. You anyway. You're going to need three roommates for a studio. That's fucked up. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, we have quite an eye-opening topic for you today. As you can see in the header and you can see in the title, this is going to get very, very real. We need to have this discussion. We need to figure out if there's a place for black men in the half-black household anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about to get real, ladies and gentlemen. Plus a little, little bit of some information that we learned earlier today from one of our Chicago's own you will find out about that later on. But first, we got a little something to call Town Hall, Hall Business. Business. Mr. Bridges, what you got? So, shout out to the people that made all of this worthwhile. Yes. Me and him, nigga, because y'all wasn't there at the beginning. Nah, you weren't I mean, y'all us. caught on to what we were doing. Yeah, y'all but in the us. beginning, y'all was like, oh, look what they're doing. We had a lot of racist comments. We had a lot of people saying that we weren't going to do nothing and all that type of shit. And then the we funny... We were told to get jobs. <laughs> we were told to get jobs. Like, we were, we were shit. Like, you don't understand the context of what a podcast is. We Man. weren't getting paid. So, and, and then we had the people that, you know, and I, this is funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they act like they're cheering you on. Yeah. But the only reason they're cheering you on is because they don't really think you're going to make it. But it sounds good for them to say words of encouragement mm-hmm. until you actually stay and have some staying power. And then they're like, oh, shit, these niggas. Right. <laughs> these niggas ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So shout out to us, man, because like I was saying when we was talking about the sake, man, you know, we've been doing this for three years. And every year we built on, we've added on, we've had, uh, we had success. You know, I want to say we had ups and downs, but I, I feel like we've had a steady climb up. We've had things that might have popped up, but it's more been a transition going upward. And and, and so I, I'm actually proud of us about that, you know? 
Because I'm sipping here because I know a lot of the trends that we have started because of the show. It's been three years running, and people are starting to jump in. To what about the trends, Steve? The trends. <laughs> Man, I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. I am not going to to our own horns. Right. But it had to start somewhere. And it's just a little bit interesting how this show has spawned the ideology for other shows over the years. So, but that's okay. We appreciate y'all. We want to support y'all too. We hope y'all get y'all name going too. Because, hey, without us, it wouldn't be y'all now, would it? Now, in order for y'all to get y'all shows popping like this one, guess what you got to do? Yes. Mm-hmm. But something they got to do before they get the show popping like this. You got to get your show broadcast through 40 different podcast engines. I'm talking about mids like Anchor up to the highest, like Spotify, iTunes, iHeart. All these places that make the Brothers Podcast worth listening to, okay? Now, not only go to those, but you can also Google us because we have never been nothing but a Google away, people. Now, the way that you do that is you go to Google and you type in this name, The Brothers. That's T-H-A-B-R-U-T-H-A-S, okay? The Brothers. And if you want to be real specific, type in The Brothers Podcast, and you're going to get all our archives. You're going to get a... Well, all, damn near a hundred shows mm-hmm. of the Brothers Podcast. You're going to get my bio. You're going to get his bio. You're going to get everything you need to know and get included into this Brothers movement, okay? Mm-hmm. So y'all do that. And also, shout out to some stuff that we used to do, like work with WIAN in Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to the boy Kevin Mumphreys. Actually, we're still working with them, aren't they? We still work yeah, with them. Yeah, we have syndication over there. Syndication. Yes, sir. Did you know that the Brothers were syndicated in Nashville, Tennessee? Nashville. If you didn't know, now you know. Yeah. So shout out to everybody that made this brothers possible and even though we was being a little arrogant shout out to you because without the fans without people writing us without people telling us good job doing this i'm i love this show i'm tuned in me and my wife tune in every week this really couldn't be possible so you know we're we're just we're we're, we're playing when we talk about the you know the braggadocious thing but the fans and the people that support us make it all worthwhile, man. So shout out to y'all, man. Keep on supporting us because we got much, 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 much more in the future. And shout out to that little stint we had at UBM too. That was oh yeah, fun. the stint UBM. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that was that was good. That was, fun. That was major. We we got a lot of uh, experience. Yes. We got a crash course in radio. Yes, sir. Yeah, because we, we was in the radio game, like the radio Legit. radio setup. Yeah, radio game. Yeah. You know, we had the producer in the background giving us. the... Right. It felt it felt good to do that for <laughs> once, and it's like yeah. okay, and we hope to be back there soon. So just shout out to the ever, ever ending climb that we've been doing, man. I, I am proud of us, man. And um, thank y'all for tuning in to the brothers. Yes, we yes. appreciate you. Appreciate. It. Um, as usual, let's go through the usual suspects. Shout out to our official DJ, who will always be our official DJ, my brother. JMC DJ JMC and his brand. So let's go off and name his brand. What you got, man? Daydreams to Reality, the brand, which has their own podcast. Daydreams to Reality Podcast. That's one. World's Greatest Podcast. That's two. Project X. That's three. And you want to know where you can find them all on? Whoa there TV. Whoa there. Whoa there TV. Whoa there on YouTube. Yes, yo, Whoa there TV on YouTube. Check them out. Shout out to us always, our homegirl, our sis, Miss Angelina Edwards, and her brand, Starlight Beauty and Apparel, because it is getting warm and it's about to get hot. 
and you want to get fly this, this spring, and you want to get fly this summer, you better go holler at her, Angelina Edwards, or her brand, Starlight Beauty and Apparel. She's got it all. She got the purses, she got the shoes, got the fits, she got the jogger fits. She just got some cologne and perfume just came and down. And that's what I was going to say. Shout out to her, man. If y'all want to get y'all cologne game popping, man, man, go and talk to Angelina, man. She go and got talk it. To Angelina. And you, if you want to get that little exclusive, go ahead and holler at her. Also, shout out to our girl, our number one fan, Miss Keisha Hudson, for My Pretty AF. Her brand is coming to her cosmetic line. Please hit her up on Instagram, My Pretty AF on Instagram. Keisha Lanise, her actual name on Instagram. Please be look out for her and her My Pretty AF cosmetic line. And trust me, you're gonna need some of this stuff because you want to, because ladies, you want to get dolled up because a lot of y'all gonna be in the streets. <laughs> Turning the fuck up or getting booed up. So is you it, is it still a hot girl summer going on? Hey, I don't know what's going on. Hot girl summer. Okay, but you know if it is, I don't know if it's gonna be too hot. You don't want that shit sweating off. It's for <laughs> a good reason. But go ahead, and holler at her, my pretty AF. And as always, shout out to you, the viewers, the fans that tune in each and every week to holler at us. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We the people who reshare our podcast, the people that come and watch it on replay or on syndication, we appreciate y'all for supporting the brothers brand. Like you said, we're supporting the brothers as always. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we try to keep it. We're approaching our 100th episode. It's coming soon. We're almost there. we like five episodes away. This is 95 right where we're at right now. We're five more episodes away. We're and we should to... go and throw a party for 100 episodes. We should have some people come in and we should just talk. We're going we to do that. Let's do some We're going to do that. Nice for 100. You know what I'm saying? And we know we got some people who like to who, who fuck with us. Let's do that. So be sure to keep a lookout for that. So. I think that wraps up everything we wanted to talk about today. And I'm going to sip my sake and get warmed up. Let's recalibrate for a second. Why? Because we in this. Because we in this. Yes. I said we ready for the show. Because we like y'all and y'all like us. And we so tough and that's it's enough. And that's all good with the sake. And we not good. Well, we we hope just like bougie. This. We just. I said. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we in this. So you know what? Damn, we Yes. You know what? This is like the perfect pre-game drink to go to those. Not too strong. It's not too overwhelming, but it does the job. Yeah. Not too harsh on the palate. Yeah. But you know what? You know what it's going to do, and it's going to do it well. All right, man. So let's go ahead and get started. Today's episode. Well, first off, we want to bring something to attention that was brought to us earlier this morning. Apparently... Since you know, one of our own, Chicago's own, Kanye West. Now, don't even be saying he's one of our own because about three months ago, we damn near was throwing him off the cliff of a black. Black. Man, I, I just, I just <laughs> kept my mouth shut. Off the cliff of black I just kept, about seventeen hey, times. Hey, I just kept my mouth shut. Observe. Now, okay? nigga, get billions. You want to claim? It. Hey, <laughs> I just, no, hold on. I just kept my mouth shut. Observe. I ain't throw, I ain't throw nobody, no buzz. <laughs> I just sat there. I said, like, okay. <laughs> That's why I was like, I was like, okay. But the point is, Kanye West was named the richest black man in America and the third richest black man in the world. He is now American history. American history. I'm sorry. The richest black man in American history. And he is currently 
the rich, third richest black man in the world mm-hmm. because his estimated value now is at six point six billion dollars. Man, Jay Z is somewhere like how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> That's a whole lot of bad clothing he gonna make in that fashion line. Man, and, and the fact billion. is, is that I hate them Yeezys. They look mm. ugly as hell. The motherfuckers that look like dinosaur teeth. I don't understand that. Them Yeezys that. look like Glade plugins. My but those motherfuckers <laughs> helped him get to six point six billion dollars. Now you I know, you know something that's bogus though. What's up? Kanye is going through something we like to call the divorce. Yes, he is. Now, this is a very interesting time to be claiming how much money you worth, Kanye. I'm going to keep it real with you, man. It's, this don't seem like you thought this whole plan through. Uh-huh. I feel like you should have held out on your net worth until some things got settled. You see what happened to your boy, Dr. Dre? Now, you got six point well, well, six billion. That. Well, he beat that. But he went through the process. He went through the process. You got $6.6 billion, bro. And you going through a woman that's literally on her third marriage. And you know that Kardashian mind, okay? We call them ditzy, but they straight business oriented. And they don't play that when it comes to money. Kanye, I'm a little scared for you, man. Because that 6.6 is about to be 3.3. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I have a question. But, but, I, but I have a question. But here's my thing about that. Is it really that much? Uh, it's... You losing three. I understand three point three billion is a lot of money. It's a lot, but you're keeping three point three billion. That's like generational wealth. Still, you're still I mean, going. You still ain't gonna be struggling. I mean, if we talking real serious about it, like he's his net worth is six point six, mm-hmm. or he's worth an estimated six point six. But probably in liquid, he's probably thirty percent of that. So let's say he's one point two in liquid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. If she comes after a person's liquid funds and chews up damn near half, four or five hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and he can only play with about one billion just liquid assets that he can go back and forth with, money, things that he can actually buy something with, mm-hmm. that's going to be a hell of a chunk, man. This going to be worse than the Bezos, you know what I'm saying? Well, I would say it would depend entirely on what exactly did she contribute to him having this 6.6 billion or the liquid well, bro it's not necessarily what she contributed was she there was she married you know what i'm saying because well, you know. the california laws is completely different from chicago i mean well, illinois des moines Iowa, all basically yeah, california law makes sure you better keep the clear writing what your prenuptial agreement Shit, is they they one of the only places that they still have common law marriages at so it's not what you contributed it's were you there and from the rise of the Yeezys to that, you know, bullshit clothing line that he has that costs $7,000 for a tattered shirt, Kim Kardashian was there. So technically, legally, she's going to be entitled to the money that he earned when he made it. I, I don't know if it's going to be a full half. It might be a good chunk and percentage, but we'll see how this plays out. Like I said, we don't know what the contractual agreements they had when they got married. And I, I feel like even though they might cry it out, even though, you know, she going to be on keeping up with the Kardashians mm-hmm. or something, crying. Thank God that show's this. coming to an end. Exactly. You know Chris Jenner, her mother, is going to try to uh, get every possible cent if Kanye West can give it to her. So... Kanye West, you have one of the hardest battles of your life about to come up with this pending divorce. I just, I really don't understand why you went so public with your money doing a divorce, man. You know what, one people, somebody said to me that money doesn't make you sane. And my response was, 
money make you do whatever the fuck you want to. Money makes you whatever the fuck you want to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm not finna hear nothing. So even though we have this, I'm not finna hear nothing at all about, well, Kanye's still crazy. Kanye's also rich and he can buy and sell your ass. I don't give a fuck. I, there's not a person I know right now that wouldn't trade places with Kanye West. Kanye West is uh, richer than uh, 90.9% of 99.9%. But at the same time, Kanye's partners, Kanye's board of directors is the rich. So, like, if we break this shit down, it's, it's funny to talk about it like this because this is comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But when you really break down Kanye's net worth, a lot of that money goes in the hands of so many other people before Kanye West sees that... 30% of that liquid asset are probably $1.2 billion anyway. Kanye West probably can only play with about four or $500 million at a time. So that's why I'm saying you think that Kanye can buy and sell people. Kanye, you are in a weird situation because you know how your money is divvied up. You don't make $6.6 billion in net worth or just being worth that and it not be divided with big-ass conglomerates because there's no way you can access that level of money without going through the powers that be. Not the power that be, the powers that be. You know, so Kanye, man, I'm telling you, you got an uphill battle, bro. And you need to keep things close to vest, man. I don't want to hear about your money again. Big up to you for making history. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear about your money again. Well, I mean, maybe he didn't divulge that information. Somebody probably kept track of it and announced it. You know, I don't know. He probably cleared it. He probably cleared it to say it was okay for him to announce it, but I don't think anybody really dug it up. But, like I always say, quote the word T. Well, I don't know if he's great anymore. Uh, to quote T.I., a couple grand of them Haitians, he'll be gone today. All right, bro. That, that's Merck. So we cannot. I mean, like I said, buy we and cannot. sell. Buy and sell. <laughs> buy and sell. That's okay. what I'm saying. But anyway. I guess shout out to you, T- uh, to Kanye. Uh, Not you, T.I. I don't know what the fuck you be on. But anyway, <laughs> you and your wife will be on some shit. Um, so let's get to the topic of today. Is there a place in the home, in the black home for the black man anymore? Man. So we've had this ongoing discussion about whether or not the times has now changed the game is now evolving a bit. And now when it comes to the black household, it's more and more abundantly clear that black men are not found in the black household anymore. And we don't really know if that's going to change. Definitely. And it's just, it seems like it's an uphill battle. So Mr. Bridges, I want to know from your perspective, do you think this is a real thing that black men are literally being, not they are, but is this now we're in a culture where black men can't be in a black household anymore? Are we ever going to be in a black household anymore? Is this going to be somewhat of an ongoing thing moving forward? I want to answer the first part, well, the middle part of that question, because you, you said something that really stood out when you said that. Have we ever been in the black household before? Right. And the answer is emphatically yes. Black men have been the focal point of the black family and the black household long before and more time than they have not, okay? A lot of times when we talk about this, what is one of the biggest reasons or excuses that black people have about black men or just the black family separating in general with our history of what we say has happened to us? Because we're always abandoned. We're always not in the household. We got baby mama drama. What's one of the single things that they say has happened to us? Let's say in the past 400 years. 
Oh, that we've been ostracized out of home thanks to the government? 400 years. Buck breaking? Okay. Because that's slavery, right? Right. They always say that the black man and the black household split up with slavery, which I think that bull, that's that bullshit. That's that asinine bullshit. That's that cowardly bullshit. That's that uneducated bullshit. Because bullshit. even even during slavery, <laughs> yeah, even during slavery, the black family was more intact than they are today. Even after slavery, when slavery ended, black families were at their most focal point. They was at their most pivotal point because they had more access to funds with the Freeman banks during the time we call Jim Crow than they actually have today. Like if you break down the black family and just families in general, 97% of the wealth is through Caucasian hands in America. As always. 1.2% is only in African-American hands. And out of that 1.2%, only 0.3% is in the hand of African-American men. Go back to what we always say, the family broke down with slavery. Man, we had the most money, the most businesses. We had 200,000 farmers, black farmers. My great-great-grandfather was one of them because he owned all his land. And what he have? He had his black family on that farm. Mm-hmm. He had his eight kids on that farm, all that mineral-rich land they had, all that oil on that land in Yazoo County. So the black family throughout history has been intact. Slavery didn't break up the black family. You said it, man. Right. The government broke up the black family. Yes, they did. So are we really messed up with this black family, the black man not being there? Yes, we are. Okay? And if you say we aren't, you're out of your fucking mind. I said frocky. Okay? Right. But... Do we have the opportunity and the ability to get back? Yes, but we're going to have to break down the situation. And that's what we're going to do tonight. All right. So the first thing I would have to ask is, what is the very biggest obstacle we have with putting the black man back in the household? I think the biggest obstacle is we are not aware of the fact that we're both, as black men and black women, sleeping with the enemy, mm. which is ourselves. We get old. Got expand on that one. So what tends to happen is black men and black women have not complimented each other for some odd years. Mm-hmm. You know, what we tend to do now is literally compete within the same home. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't necessarily compete like we put our track shoes on and we go and see who's the best. But since the playing field has been what we'll say level, African American men and African American women are now vibing for the same exact jobs with little to no resources. And when you put two pit bulls in a cage with a piece of steak, no matter if they're brothers, no matter if they're sisters, no matter if this is my woman as a pit bull, I'm the man as a pit bull, eventually they're going to attack each other. So the government has basically rigged it in a sense that made the black woman and the black man go after each other covertly and not even know it. So... The first thing we got to realize is we are our own biggest enemies because we forgot the art of complimenting each other. We forgot the art of your divine feminine and your my divine masculine need to come together to create one and not you go do your thing, I go do my thing. We meet up, divvy up shit because that's not how family works. That's not even how family works in the spiritual aspect of it. So... The biggest enemy of the black family is black men and black women acting like this shit is not existing. Right. Acting like when you break up a family through divorce, 
you don't have a ripple effect through two to three generations. Acting like saying I'm not happy in a situation is the cause to separate an entire family. Mm -hmm. That's our biggest thing, the options that we have. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I have a thing. This is something that we talked about. Yeah, no. Wow. I'm sorry, we're getting late breaking news. Um, should we, let's go ahead and just address this real quick. So, um, Bro, we are not sports center. <laughs> I know, but like we're not sports center, but we're very much so. We're if you team. break this, we're gonna deviate from the topic because that that hurts. <laughs> this hurts. Okay, you know what? Let's just keep going. Yeah, right. It's, this is gonna it's, it's gonna shatter our feelings. Uh, but uh, so we remember we had this conversation about Goldman Sachs yes uh, last week, and we right. talked about how they're giving money to about a million black women to support black owned businesses supported by black women. Mm -hmm. So. This is one of the things that I have had a problem with, which just contributes to this situation right now where we're talking about why there is no black man in the black household anymore. Mm -hmm. This government system has created a dynamic, a somewhat of a, what do you call it, a culture where black women are in a position now that they can out-earn black men in almost any category that you can think of. Except, well, of course, sports and possibly music and entertainment. Right. But um, everywhere else, black women seem to find a way to out earn black men. And you know the dynamic is when you make enough money, you make the rules. When you make the rules, you control the dynamic. Good point. In a situation where we are in a black community, when black women no longer need to depend on black men to keep some type of household running when it comes to financial reasons it's now coming more and more like they don't necessarily need us because guess what you have a government system that is going to keep putting money in their pockets and they don't necessarily need black men in the household mm -hmm. uh, like i said goldman sachs and their one million women donation donation plan was a complete it's actually an example of what we're dealing with because they're making it loud and clear that they are selling us. You don't need black men to take care of y'all anymore. We will take care of you as in the system will take care of you. We got y'all. You don't need that Negro. Mm -hmm. You need us. And that is the problem that we're having right now. Because right now is that as black men, we're now being told that we're being pushed to the side because we can't possibly afford to take care of a family anymore in our house. Why do we need you? And it's bothering. It's tiresome. It's the same old song and dance that we have been dealing with for years and years. But it's not getting any better. And you know the, the, the bad part about it, this is not done overtly or directly. This is all done covertly, you know. it's mm. and, and that's the killer. Like, the biggest killer and the biggest killer of any person whether it be disease or a, a adversary is when you can't see it coming and the reason why we can't pinpoint it is because we can't see it coming it's all on a subconscious level mm -hmm. it's all on the level when you watch cardi b and Megan Thee stallion in in a roundabout way they talk about women empowerment let's say and, and this is real uh a lot of people don't catch this so if you're talking about women's empowerment and a part of women's empowerment is to behave very promiscuous mm -hmm. or behave in a way that's sexually freeing. 
mm-hmm. on an innate level with a man that really wants to be a family person, he's going to look at that woman and say, this is not the type of woman that I want to start a family with. So you may look at that as being women empowerment. I look at that as saying, well, you've just basically told another man that he shouldn't be with another black woman because he does not want that to start a family with. And we're talking about on a macro level that they do this. This was just on the Grammys, what, two, three, four days ago. Mm-hmm. And if another woman, instead of uh, looking at a role model that's saying that I want to be in a family type of structure, looks at a Cardi B, which is married, but looks at a Cardi B. Sorry, pardon me, people. We get, we get commercial interruptions sometimes, <laughs> I'm sorry. They look at a Cardi B and what she's signifying, which she's not living, because like I said, she's married, is to be empowered, is to be sexually free, is to be sexually devious. But a man that really wants a family looking at that saying, that's not what the hell I want. You right there have just divided indirectly another black household for coming together. And what's tending to happen is, and I'm sorry, I gotta say this, women are tending to put the blinders on the fact that they're giving all of these resources, they're giving all of this praise, and because they like it so much, mm-hmm. they use cognitive dissonance when we talk about this. They act like if you give me a hundred thousand dollars and I don't have to depend on a family anymore, that that's not going to affect your opinion about if you want to start a family. Okay, if I got options to do whatever the hell I want to or rely on a black man, that's not going to affect the fact of. I'll take my two kids and do whatever the hell I want to. Yes, it does. And like I said, the biggest killer is because this is all covert. Let's bring this shit up to the light. Mm -hmm. You know that all these options as far as public aid, public assistance, uh, women's empowerment, not dealing with the fact that women need to be equals, but dealing with the fact that you want to show your ass, you want to wear nipple rings and show your titties at a pride parade that type of sexually empowerment type of thing you got to deal with the fact that they're giving it to you because it further promotes you separating from the black man okay so if you don't come to terms with that we can talk around this shit all day long but if the fact remains the same are you conducive to even have a black man come into your household you mind if i expand on that a little bit don't expand expand on a little bit what is the fundamental balance of relationships between men and women? What's the description of the fundamental balance? Women control the access to sex. Men control the access to relationships. Right. And marriage. So, when you're in a society that has been promoting sex a lot, or has pushed sexual expression or fluidity throughout the entire generations that we have been in, you now see where the power goes to. Isn't it interesting that when we talk about sex, it's almost always leading towards women? Mm. Now, women have now, and while we're more of a society now that is more convenient for women or have more of a feminine society, it's because sex now is something that they can control. Well, it's literally been something they can control for the last, what, our entire lives now? So, when you're in a society where sex is such a heavy, 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 heavy push, women control the narrative of what that does. We're not talking about relationships anymore. 
We're talking about individualism. We're talking about freedom of expression. We're talking about everything under the sun other than unity. You want to talk about unity? There ain't really no unity. It's unity as far as how women control the narrative. Now, especially when it comes to black women, which in some unfortunate way, they're the lightning rods to this because it's always the women who have to be, black women who have to be sexually explicit and expressive to get the message across. We've seen it this past weekend on the Grammys with Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. And a lot of people saying like, well, why y'all taking that so seriously? They're so dumb, they perform. And it's, come on, man. Like he said, don't put the blinders on and understand that what's not what's happening here. We know what's happening. What's happening is, is that black women in this situation are used as a token. We're the token propaganda machine to promote this so-called sexual fluidity that society is run on now that is promoting more of a division in households than ever before. Well, as far as our communities are uh, you don't see that much in white communities. No, you don't. Let's be honest. You don't see that much. You don't see that a lot in the Asian communities. No, you don't. You don't see that a lot in Latino communities. No, you don't. It's always in the black community. Right. And so when the black community is in the forefront of this sexual expression of freedom, guess what? Division, division, division. We are now in a place where now a woman would rather be sexually expressive and free than actually be with a person that they care about and love. Mm-hmm. Or be somebody that they can build with. Or they can say, well, it's not necessarily the man has to be, it's the women. Now, if that's what you feel like is your sexual expression, go nuts. Do what you want to do. You know who had a big, big hand in this whole men not being welcome in a black family? It's a lady. Her name is Alice Walker. Now, for those those who don't know who Alice Walker is, that is the woman that wrote The Color Purple. Now, for those who don't know what Color Purple is, Color Purple was a movie that was made in the 80s that was starring Whoopi Goldberg and Danny Glover, uh, set in the early Southern times. Mm -hmm. And we witnessed one of the worst, most devious, most sex-crazed, most... Viciously abusive men known as the character Mr. in The Color Purple. Now, you might feel like, wow, that's just a movie. But if you don't understand who Alice Walker is, Alice Walker is the inventor of the womanist movement, which is the offshoot of feminists for black women. So she literally created the movement that gave women the individualism mindset that actually separates the black family when the going gets tough. Not only did she give them the mindset, but she started to create not a movie, but propaganda in the goddamn movie Color Purple. Color Purple is one of the worst propaganda movies for black families that was ever fucking created. I said fucking. What about the what about Roots? Roots, black family, black people in general, because Roots was a whole damn lie. The whole movie was a lie. Matter of fact, Alex Haley stole that playwright from a white man that made another playwright. So the shit was, it was completely preposterous. <laughs> it was wrong. I was he got sued a lot. Yeah, I was saying, I was saying, Roots was up there too. Roots was a lie, okay? A lot of the stuff Roots talked about was a lie, but we, we, I, I'm not even going to get into that. But dealing with this lady, Alice Walker, she created this propaganda narrative that black men back in the early times was only beating 
cheating, beating and cheating more on their women. Which was Didn't never the case. It. Never the case. Because we were never really in that much power to begin with to even do something like that. Bro, to I'm not even going to say we wasn't in that much power. But even during that time, we had more respect for our women yeah. because our women played a focal point in us running our household. We weren't dealing with an industrial time like we are today where we both wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, the man go to the steel mill, the woman go to her teaching position or to the bank. We weren't dealing with that. In order for a family to work back in those times, both the mom and the dad had to get up at the crack of dawn and make sure their farm or make sure whatever was happening on their land happened smoothly so that meant they both had to work together with their kids and when you're working together that creates a bond that family is what we're trying to get to but this woman alice walker created this narrative this false propaganda about black men being these cheaters and beaters and i know it well because when i was a young boy i looked at that and said oh my god all men all black men only thing we do is beat and cheat on our women I, i would tell my mom is that all we do? I looked at my grandfather like, have you cheated and beat it on my grandma? You know? So, this is the propaganda mustard seed that was planted for a long time. And other factual things, like I said, like the womanist movement affected mm-hmm. it. Uh, welfare affected it. Most people don't understand. If a man of masculine presence has a couple of things, protection and providing, Once you take away the providing, you take away the masculine presence. Now, whether you want to admit this to yourself or not, if you let another man, which is the government, come in and give your woman money, your woman is not going to rely on you anymore. Right. Okay? And so with these EBT, (laughs) with this welfare, with this WIC, with everything that looked like it was big up in woman, it allowed the woman not to have to rely on her black man as much anymore. And they got documentaries out the ass about this. How women were saying, well, I can raise my child because I got where I'm going to live. I got my means to get food. I got enough money to float my bills. I don't necessarily need a man that's going to tell me something that I might be uncomfortable with anymore. System, system, system. And you feel hook, line, and seeker. And you look at somebody like me talking about this and say, well, hell, he hates women. I don't hate women. I hate bullshit. Yeah. Okay? I love black women. I'm the first one to protect black women. But I'm the first one to call out bullshit. I'm not a faker. Because he's the <laughs> I wanted to piggyback off that. Because the one thing about black men, plus the love, honor, and cherish black women the way they were supposed to, it means we also got to hold y'all accountable and, for your own and shit. keep it real with you. And because if y'all were fucking up, we have to be there to fuck, tell y'all y'all fucking up. And y'all, hate to say this, but y'all been buying into this liberal agenda. Y'all been buying into these corporate agendas for way too long. We're sorry because they not looking out for you. And that's what, and like we said before, women have so much spending power in the black community that they know, society knows where the money comes from in the black community. They know where the money is. It's from the black woman. And unfortunately, if you get them on your side, the money comes to your side. Because the black woman is spending money on the black woman and her children. And nine times out of ten, not dealing with no F boys or dealing with no dudes that's antisocial. But a black man is usually going to spend his money on his household, his girl, or his wife, and his children. That's why I call the trickle-down effect. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I feel 
the black man that's left the black family is because if you allow a woman to overall just keep making more money and damn near being the head of the household, like you said, who has the money has the power. Right. There is no trickle down effect when the woman is the head of the household and that man is in there too. Right. What do I mean? What example? Let's say if I'm making $80,000 and I got a wife and two kids, nine times out of 10, if I'm not no F boy, when I bring that money home, it's going to go to the wife and the wife is going to take care of the children with that fund. Now, let's reverse it. Let's say if the black woman is making 80000 and for some reason I'm the stay-at-home father. Now, do you feel in your heart of hearts and do y'all feel in your hearts of hearts that that woman is going to um, generously and without any type of inclination give her money to the man or provide for that man and the children? Of course not, because you want to know why? Because we're always, the man is always in the position of being a provider. And subconsciously, that woman knows that. So if she's making the money and feels like she has to take care of her man, that is never going to work. So a lot of times y'all talk about a woman, uh, it's okay for your woman to make more money in you. In a sense. But it's not okay for your woman to have the overall power dynamic in the relationship. Meaning that she has to be the one that's taking care of the family, including you. So we are in a society where women, for the most part, although they complain about not making as enough as uh, another man, you're not complaining about a black man you're not making enough as. No. You're actually complaining about a Caucasian man as a black woman that you're not getting paid cent to cent for. Yes. As black women, you're making more than black men. I want you to check the uh, statistics. Remember, you go to Black Demographics. That's what I was about to say. Go black. to BlackDemographics.com. Yeah. Check out how much you're making compared to your black man. man. You know, so you can't have a lot of the dynamics that we have as far as our family setups. Yeah. You can't have three or four kids. You being the uh, one that's making the money because you might be getting assistance, or you might have an outside gig, or you're just bringing more money and your man is making less. The dynamics don't work for the overall thing because the man trickles down to the entire family and the woman's responsibility is only to trickle down to the kids. So who gets X'd out when the woman has all the money? The man. The man. Yes. So that simple concept, it don't take a rocket scientist to understand that the man needs to make the money so he can trickle it down to the entire family instead of the woman making all the money so she can only trickle it down to, To, to to the children. It don't take a rock science, people. And like I said before, we'll have to subscribe to current culture and say society. When you remove that option for the man to make the money and put it in the hands of the woman, guess what? You don't need the man. No. And that's why there's no black men, not a lot of black men left in these black households anymore. Mm-hmm. Which means more problematic situations when it comes to the upbringing of the black children. Because one person can't rear children by themselves without some type of issue. Without some type of outside support. It's never possible. You've seen more drug abuse. You've seen more uh, improper behavior. You've seen more violence. You've seen more incarcerations. Like, this shit just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. And it doesn't change. But we're in the ideology of sacrificing all that because independence is what's most important individualism is liberal liberating womanism and womanism. misogynism right. and all these isms that don't got shit to do with familyism right we obviously know 
what it takes to raise a family. We obviously know that there are certain things that you can and cannot do in a family. Yeah, we know. Let's take to the extreme. You're never supposed to put your hands on your woman. Obviously, we're men. We know that. But everything else that comes in between can be debatable. Everything can be in between can be discussable. I don't understand why we have to be put in this position all the time where we don't understand why we can't keep a black household together and keep a man and a wife together. And I, I, honestly, we are at a point where society really has a vendetta, uh, not vengeance, a vendetta against the black nuclear family. The success is in the black nuclear family and it doesn't exist anymore. It was a thing... Uh published in the 1950s, 1960s called the Morning Hand Report, okay? And for y'all that, that like to, you know, research things, I want y'all to research the Morning Hand Report. Morning Hand Report basically broke down what would happen if you took the black man out of the black household. Mm-hmm. To the T. And this was before the black man was actually out of the black household. This was before the crack epidemic, mm-hmm. welfare epidemic, all of these things, womanism, feminism, All these things that affect us right now. And they said, literally, if you take away a man's ability to make income, if you take away a man's power inside of the family dynamic, he is going to leave the family. Mm. Now, fast forward right now. We always practice this cognitive dissonance shit to the point that you don't understand that you can set up a family or family structure in a way where if you alienate that man, if the man can't find resources for a family, if the man feels disrespected, you really think that even if there's children, that man is not going to leave? Because I want to break something down to y'all. And this is dead ass serious. You want to know the other end of a man staying in a family where he feels emasculated, dejected, where he feels non-respected, where he feels like he can't take care of his children and his woman doesn't respect him or appreciate him or admire him anymore. You want to know what happens to a lot of men that we don't talk about? What? Suicide. Yeah. Do you know the amount of African-American male suicide in the United States? It far exceeds the amount of women African-American suicides in the United States. And it's also in the home, in the workplace. It's the everyday life. Exactly. Like, ridiculous. So you don't get the fact that you're setting up the play in order for the man to act in the way that it's happening, which is for this man to look at the situation, realize that I can't even mentally cope here. Realize why did he leave because his other option was to either go insane, commit suicide, or turn against his entire family. So one thing you have to do is just take this decadent veil off of your eyes and realize before a black man is a black man, he's a human being. And human beings have emotions, whether you are a male or a female. Humans have emotions. So don't set the stage. Don't get all of these benefits. Don't look at a man struggling, wonder why he don't have the opportunities that I have as a black woman, see that he don't have these opportunities, turn on him because his mood is shifting because he can't provide for his family, thus he can't provide for himself or his children, which affects his moods. Now he's moody, now he doesn't want to come home, which affects his self sex life because not only does he not feel like a man, but you know that you don't look at him as a man either. So a woman's heart, nine times out of ten, in mind, is completely connected to her genitalia. 
So now you don't even look at that man sexually in the way you want to anymore, right. which is going to affect him overall, and he's going to leave that black household. And it's another thing. And to me, clear, we're not asking. I know women like to take certain things to extreme. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to call it what it is. Women like to take certain things to extreme when it comes to discussions like this. We're not asking you to start coddling black men. We're not asking you to baby us. We're asking you to understand what you're doing and how it affects us and how it affects the family. That's all we're asking you at this point. Understand that what you're doing is a detriment to this family. Let me give you, let me, let me ask you a question. What's up? And so we can bring this to real life. So if you're with a woman, mm-hmm. she makes $80,000. Yeah. You make 20000 you have two kids. Now I'm talking about you and your woman. How does that specifically affect you in that family household? It makes me think that I'm not capable enough to handling what's going on in my house. Talk to the people. Because at some point, if I have to be taken care of, then I don't deserve to be called a man. And even as a man, we have a certain level of pride and ego. We have a responsibility to be the man, to be the alphas, to be the guys that have to take care of the household. If I'm in that situation where I can't take care of my woman and I can't take care of my children and I can't pro- provide and protect them, I'm not a man. Mm. Period. Now, what do you say to the people that say, well, if you couldn't take care of them, why did you get a woman in the first place? Why did you have children in the first place? Why'd you do it? Because I was being the man of wanting to have a family. If I wanted to have a family, that's what you have to do. Unfortunately, not everything works out the way that a man would want. We go through some bad times. What we need is a support system. If it doesn't work out, then guess what? We're in a situation that we're in. Now, uh, one thing that I always say, uh, one of the reasons why black men and black women are not at the same, on on the same accord, we live in a performance-based relationship type of society. So if you don't perform sexually, um, financially, and somewhat mentally, but sexually and financially for a woman is is presence over even mentally. As much as a woman says she wants to be stimulated mentally and loved, if she's not getting loved in a place that the mortgage is always due or the rent is always past due, then that all that goddamn love and that mental stimulation gonna go out the window. Right. Okay. So if you're not doing those things, you're gonna basically completely destroy the household. So I just wanted to put that tidbit in. Yeah. I got a couple of people. Uh, well, we're not we're not gonna uh, we're, we're not gonna get to the comments right. just yet. So the thing is, is that we have to come to a reality of what we're going to do. And this is important because we got another generation that's coming in that needs to understand that what is going to happen next is important. This might be far beyond our lifetime, but the next generation can understand that. You have to, we have to be able to instill the knowledge that what it takes to key to live substantially free and free from debt and free from burden from society and understand that we can establish our own. The order to establish our own is to have a united front in our own households. This is the clear gateway to black wealth is the black family. Mm-hmm. It's that clear. And you know one other component that, and this is an intangible. Black man, black woman, if you decided to have a family, you have to be able and be okay with going down with the ship. 
Now, this is the most fundamental piece to all this shit. Because if you made $80,000, trust me, if you are not having the most luckiest time of your life, you're not going to always make 80. You're not always going to be up as far as financially. You're going to go down sometimes. That's just life. We ebb and flow. Circle yeah. of life. You have to be willing to go down with the ship with your man or woman. That means when you go in financial straits, when y'all can't afford that mortgage anymore, you got to be willing to downshift and live in that studio apartment with that man. You got to be willing to um, basically risk giving up everything or losing everything with that woman. If you don't have the mindset of even I'm with this man or I'm with this woman and if everything goes wrong and we lose everything at least we're going to be in a cardboard box together and i can feel some of y'all thinking ain't no way in hell yeah i'm going to be living in a cardboard box with a man that's supposed to be able to support me if you don't have that mindset trust me you're not going to get very far because it's eventually going to happen where you're going to lose or have the threat of losing a lot and if you get the mentality of well i'm going to jump ship with my kids or I'm going to go in a different direction with my parents that can take care of me and not jail or bond more with that man in order to get yourselves out of that situation, trust me, it's not going to work. No. Because you have no idea the type of strength that you give a man when he knows without a shadow of a doubt that I don't care if we got $10 or 10000 or $10 million. Mm -hmm. I know this woman is going to be riding with me regardless. Mm -hmm. Now, this ain't no sucker shit. I'm not talking about if the man out there slipping, dipping, slapping you around. Right. But if that man is literally a good man to the extent, I'm not talking about hollering or arguing, but I'm talking about he just literally, he's there for his family. He can have a fucked up attitude sometimes. Yes. Me personally, I'm moody as hell. But <laughs> he Sorry. is going to go down with his family. If he got that type of attitude, you need to match that attitude and know that if something goes wrong, you're going to go down with your man. If you don't have that attitude, I'm telling you, this relationship game is not for you. It is not for you because you're going to jump ship. You're going to take your kids. And that's what tends to happen in the black household. We are not in the opportunity to have unlimited resources as black people. So our resources go up sometimes and then they can drastically go down sometimes. And if when it goes down, you don't necessarily have to leave. But if that man mentally feels you're checking out on him, right. mentally feels that you've lost interest or you lost the sex drive or you just can't cope with him being in this situation anymore, you're going to poison your entire family. And here's the thing about that. Women have to understand that they're always in today's society. They are always going to have a safety blanket. They're always going to have a parachute coming down. So... Men don't have that luxury. We don't have none of that. There's always going to be a shelter for women and children. There's always going to be a financial bailout from the government for women and children. There's always going to be a family that's going to be there for women and children. There ain't a lot of that for us men. There's actually just damn near none. You know there's only like three men's shelters in the entire United States alone? Three. None of them are here in Illinois. So we don't have these options. I'm going to go ahead and say it, man. Y'all done got too damn comfortable. We don't have these options. Women, y'all don't got too damn comfortable. Y'all got too many options. Options sound good, but options can be your worst enemy. Just look at it as far as the dating situation. Look at the promiscu promiscuity that goes on with us right now. Mm -hmm. We can get into an argument with our woman or a woman can get mad at us. And because she has so many viable options, because not only can she not walk out the door without getting hollered at, 
but she can't pick up this without getting hollered at. Right. She can't go to her computer without getting hollered at. She can't damn near watch TV on YouTube or something that's interactive with uh, Wi-Fi without getting hollered at. We have too many goddamn options in order to bring division amongst the family. Right. My thing is, we need to take away some of these damn options. Because talking this shit is different from if I take away the things that will allow you to not focus and come back to me as a family, right. but run to maybe the government, or run to maybe your family, or run mm-hmm. to maybe your father, your mother, your grandparents. Right. Let's take away these options and see what happens. Right. I'll tell you a story. It was an elder that I was talking to, and she was with her husband for 50 years, okay? Mm-hmm. I asked her, I was like, how were you able to be with him for 50 years, and most people in this generation can't last five years? She said, and this ain't no romantic. She said, listen, when I was coming up, women didn't have that many options. I, didn't, I couldn't go and get a $50,000 job and take care of these four kids. In some extent, I had to rely on my man because he was the best case for me to rely on. Right. So what does that tell you right there? This shit supersedes love. Black family supersedes uh, affection. Affection tends to die out. Love tends to run out. Respect goes up and down. Trust can get lost. Mm-hmm. We have too many options. That that 80 year old woman then, she didn't have no other option except to rely on her black man, mm-hmm. which forced her to keep her family together. Right. We need to take away so many of these goddamn options because it's letting us be in a state of, I can always do better by myself. But what happens when you can't do better by yourself no more? Right. What happens to whether I, if I don't get this right, I'm going to be on my ass in a homeless shelter with my three kids. Right. When is it like that? But when is, but here's the thing before we wrap this up, there's always the ideology from women that they say that you're suppressing their ability to make decisions for themselves and be independent. Now, what would you say to something like that? In, independence, individualism has nothing to do with a man and a woman. That's just not how we're built. That's not how the creator made us. The creator did not make us to individually strive without each other. So when a woman talks about independence, when a man talks about mid-time, which is men going their own way, which is a bunch of bullshit too. Because I'm not just about the women in this uh, womenist and yeah, feminist The MGTOW. This MGTOW bullshit, men going their own way, that seemed real suspect. You seem a little homosexual to me, okay? Yeah. This red pill where you just dog women and that's it. Mm-hmm. it besides for understanding women's psychology, that's a bunch of bullshit too. Mm-hmm. Anything that promotes individualism is a bunch of bullshit. So if you come to me as a woman and say, hey, I need to have my own independence. I need to be of my own mind. I'm not inside your body. So technically you are your own mind because it's in your goddamn body. So what are you really telling me? You're just telling me you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And no human can coexist together and do what they want to do when they want to do it all the time. So basically, you know what it sounds like when I hear that shit? A bunch of fucking brats. Yeah. That haven't came in terms with reality of how men and women are supposed to complement each other and not go against and clash with each other. Okay, you can't make this work without both people working together. It don't work that way. If men decided to really go their own way, do you know how much crime there would be against women? Man, like let's take away money. Let's just go on a straight, innate, visceral caveman protection level. 
If men said that I'm not going to protect women anymore because, hey, I guess I got to do my own thing. Women will be getting their ass whooped by the pound. Because there is some weirdos out here that the only thing they want to do is physically cause harm to another woman. I'm not like that. I'm the opposite. No. I want to protect women. But there are so many weirdo niggas out here, so many weirdo Asians, so many weirdo Caucasians, so many weirdo Indian men that the only thing they live for is to cause harm. Man, we done ran out of time on yeah. y'all, man. Man, it's, it's got to be. got riveted. So we hope y'all took something from this and we need to actually have more conversations like this because it's we need to build something. So we hope you learned something from this. We hope you can digest this. Like I said, if you have any more questions, comments, concerns, please leave it to the comment below and we'll have more discussion about this. Dante Chase Bridges, Steven City P. Watson.